Gentlemen, welcome to the Alpha M Podcast. Wherever you are right now listening to this, I want to thank you for your support. In this podcast, you'll get my views on lifestyle, self-improvement, and business, all in an aim to unlocking your confidence and helping you feel the best you can every day of your life. Also, at any time during this podcast or if any of my videos have helped you in the past, please feel free to leave a rating and a review on the platform you're listening to this. Five stars, of course, would be awesome, but I'll leave that up to you. Every week, we're going to read out and feature a few of my personal favorite reviews. So lock in and enjoy today's episode. Gentlemen, welcome back to the Alpha M Podcast, and I am so incredibly thankful that you're here. I'm so excited to be doing this, if I'm completely honest. It scares me a little bit, though, because, you know, I'm not really what you would call, like, the most technologically savvy individual. YouTube was kind of an accident, right? My wife got me a video camera, my business failed, I was doing this, like, image consulting thing, and I'm like, what am I going to do now? And so I thought, hey, let me, let me see if I can figure out how to actually use a video camera, and then let me see if I can upload it to, to this thing called YouTube. Um, when I started YouTube, I mean, this was back in 2008. I think YouTube started in, in 2006, and so it was relatively new. And being that I was sort of growing up at a different time than, than you guys are now, a lot of you guys anyway, you know, things were different. I didn't have technology. I didn't have a cell phone until I was in my 20s. And so it's pretty crazy to think how far we've come from a technological standpoint. But with that being said, I have not always been, you know, the most like tech savvy individual. I have not, you know, run towards new technology and been all excited. It's, it's scared me to be completely honest. And so, you know, YouTube, it scared me, but it was exciting because it was new. And so I tried for years. I mean, I've been doing it now for like 12 years. And the crazy thing is that I'm still trying to figure it out. You know, things are constantly changing and evolving. And with that, I felt that it was time for me to try something else, something new, and stretch myself creatively. And so that's why I'm so excited about this podcast. I have no expectations about where it's going to go or how you guys are going to receive it, but I'm excited because it allows me to kind of just test different things and different things that I'm, I'm interested in. And so with that being said, today's sort of episode is something that I'm testing. It's something new that I wanted to try. I wanted to engage with you guys on a different way and a different level than I get to through video and through my YouTube channel. And so what I asked is for you guys to actually submit some questions. So we're going to call this episode and this style of video the Ask Alpha episodes. And um, if you guys have questions, guys, I would love to answer them. One of the beautiful things about being a little bit older is that I have some perspective. I've got some experience that you guys might find valuable. Um, you know, that's the other really cool thing about the fact that I didn't find any type of success or you know, notoriety on the internet until much later in my life. You know, I didn't start doing YouTube videos until I was like 31 or 32 years old. Before this, I had a business, it failed, it was horrible, I tried a few different things. And so it's really interesting to see the evolution and really to look back and see my own personal evolution in this. And so what I'd like to do now, guys, you guys submitted some incredible questions. I'd like to dive into them. I'm really excited to be able to interact and talk and, and sort of just connect with you on a different level. And so now let's, uh, without any further ado, dive in. If you do, have a cup of coffee, grab that, maybe a bottle of water. Sit back and relax. And by the way, 
I'm gonna get better at this. So this is new, I'm just learning, so please bear with me. But like I said, if you guys enjoyed this, I, I would sure like a rating and a review. It would really mean a lot to me, and, and I do thank you. All right, so got a lot of questions. Um, the one question I'd like to start with, because it kind of ties into this whole YouTube thing, is from our friend Noah. He said, what would you be doing if YouTube had not worked out? Um, that is an incredible question and something that I've often thought about. You know, what would I be doing if YouTube didn't work out? You know, back then, back when I was a little 12-year-old kid, the only thing from the age of 12 I wanted to do was own a fitness center. That was it. There was like nothing else that was going to mean success for me. And then I did that, and that didn't necessarily work out. And then at that point, you know, what was so hard and traumatic about that time in my life, it wasn't that I was bankrupt. It wasn't that I was broke. It wasn't that I was building or, or driving a beer cart. It was that I didn't know anymore what success looked like. You know, I've always been the type of individual and the type of entrepreneur that's always been like very like one dimensional. You know, like I have a focus and I am very good at focusing really hard for a specific thing. But if you take that away, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm sort of out there. I'm, I'm, I'm sort of just, I'm floundering. I'm struggling. And so that was the hardest thing when that fitness center exploded was not knowing what my next step was. I didn't have like a backup plan like, okay, if this whole fitness thing doesn't work out, I'm going to try this, I'm going to try that. Now, I don't know if that's a good thing, but it's the way, that, the way that I roll apparently. And so what I think now looking back and really looking at what my interests are and, and my hobbies, I think that if I had not found success on YouTube and then YouTube sort of parlaying its success into other verticals, other businesses, like, as you know, Enemy, my, my incredible sunglass company, Tiege Hanley, my skincare company, and Pete and Pedro. Um, and I also have an advertising agency called Menfluential Media. And so YouTube has allowed me to really stretch my creativity and my entrepreneurial um, legs, if it would. And so if that didn't all work out, I honestly think that I would possibly be working at a salon as like a hairstylist. I've always loved cutting hair. Um, I started cutting my own hair when I was a young, young man, like, like a kid actually. I got in trouble when I was like in like fifth grade for cutting and totally like jacking up the neighbor's hair. But I, I love cutting hair. And to this day, I enjoy cutting hair. I love the, the whole like idea of a salon and my one business, Pete and Pedro, you know, it's all about hair product. I love hair. I just, I love that. And once again, it kind of makes sense, right? Because it's image, it's style, it's creative. It's, it's, it's almost like you're an artist except instead of like clay or, or a canvas and paint, you're using hair. And so I love, I love hair, I love, I love cutting hair. So I think that if, if YouTube hadn't worked out, I probably would have gone to school to get my license as either a barber or a hairstylist, probably a hairstylist, because honestly, hairstylists make a lot more money than barbers, um, and you gotta go where the money is. But, but yeah, that is an incredible question. Thanks so much, Noah, really loved it, great question. The next question I'm going to dive into is a great one from our friend Saad bin Kazim. I hope I pronounced that right. I might not have. Pardon me, brother. Okay. So he says, how do you keep your energy level so high all the time? The secret? Right here, gentlemen. Coffee. If you can't see me, I'm, I'm holding up a cup of coffee. And, and I'm going to have a sip right now. No, caffeine, I do have like three cups of coffee a day. In terms of my energy, I've always been a very energetic person. Um, you know, when it comes to doing and creating content, I kind of know that that's my job. 
And like any job, you know that when it's time, when lights, camera, action, you've got to be up because people don't want to watch you if you're just like standing there and you're kind of boring and you're monotone and just and you're not giving energy. People feed off of energy. Now, some people are more energetic than others, but for me, whenever that camera goes on, I am so passionate, I am so excited, I am so engaged and ready to get into the action that it just kind of like it comes out. And um, it's not like I'm, and, and let, me, let me just preface this, I'm not like this all the time. Like if you meet me just like at the coffee shop or walking down the street and you're like, yo, Alpha, hey, great to see you, and, and I shake your hand, I assure you I'm not going to be this, hey, blah, 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 real like animated individual. But, um, but yeah, I, I do. I, I have a lot of energy. Um, you know, I, 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 I love doing what I'm doing. And when you find something that you're good at and you're just really excited to engage with, it does. It, it just kind of comes out. For me, it does. The caffeine, it definitely doesn't hurt. And also exercising. I'm a firm believer that exercise is, is critical, for me anyway, for you know, being energetic and, and feeling amazing all the time. But great question, Saad. Thanks so much for asking. Next question. Oh, relationship. Okay. So that's the other thing you guys need to understand. These questions can be all over the board. I've got a little bit of knowledge in a lot of different things. I'm not an expert in too many, but if you've got a question, I definitely have an opinion and I'll give it to you. Most of the time, I don't know. If you like it, you like it. If you don't like it, you don't like it. Tough love sometimes is the best medicine. All right. So this one comes from our friend, Andrew. And Andrew, I'm sorry to say this is a tough one. He says, my ex got engaged a year and a half uh, after us breaking up, how should I deal with this? So from what it sounds, Andrew, you're bummed out because your ex, somebody that you really cared about, you guys broke up and now all of a sudden she's dating somebody else and she got engaged. How do you handle this? The reality and the truth, Andrew, is you gotta move on. Now, I know that is easier said than done. I've been there, got the t-shirt. I broke up with somebody, um, you know, years ago, obviously, before my wife. I've been with my wife now for, I think it's like 17 years. Crazy to think about how, how time has flown. But I have broken up with people or people have broken up with me. And, you know, it might have been the best decision at the time. But then when you see that they're moving on and you're still like kind of like not, it's hard, right? Because you see them being happy. You see them being, you know, being, being happy. And you, be the, you see them being with somebody else. And, and a lot of times if you're not over it, and it wasn't your decision in terms of the breakup, then you're going to, you're going to feel a little bit of a sting. And, um, and it sounds like that's what you're going through right now. You know, what I would recommend is start focusing on you, take care of you. It obviously didn't work out for a reason. You're not together with her because it was perfect and, and you guys were meant to be together, um, or else you probably would still be together. You know, you guys shared a nice time together. I, I think acknowledge that. And it's okay to have feelings. It's okay to be upset at the fact that this woman, you know, this spicy senorita that you used to be with is now getting married to somebody else. It sucks, I get it, but it's time to move on. It's been a year and a half, and if you're still harboring a lot of like, like, like angst and resentment and just longing for this person, that means that you definitely need to do some soul searching, I think, and, and, and time to take care of yourself. Um, time to... Be selfish, time to invest in yourself. Do not look at her social media profiles. You know, if, if you are, if you're cyber stalking her, stop it, delete, 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 because that is one of the things that's going to hold you back, constantly going back. It's like you're a junkie, right? You're a junkie going back for a fix and you keep going back for a fix and you're like, oh God, just this last time and you look and you're like, oh damn, right? And then you're hooked once more. Gentlemen, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta get the monkey off your back. You gotta take care of yourself, get out there, start dating, 
And, um, and, you know, for me, one of the ways that I got over an ex was I started internet dating. Now, unfortunately, um, being self-destructive in that, in that realm and going out and just like, you know, sleeping with people or doing things that are self-destructive, if you're not ready, that's not a good thing because it is going to make you feel better. Also, don't get into drinking excessively to, to handle and cope with the pain. That's also going to just make things worse. Start taking care of yourself. Start exercising. Go shopping. Get a new style, start getting your hair cut, whatever you need, gentlemen. Get a new badass pair of sunglasses, enemy shades, whatever it is. You got to start taking care of yourself and get over her because she is gone, my friend, and it's time for you to find the woman that was meant for you that is going to make you incredibly happy and, and feel like she is the luckiest woman in the world because she's able to be with you. But great question. Keep your head up, buddy. We all have situations like this. All right. Next question comes from our friend, Tudor. Tudor, I love this question, and one that I've never really thought of, but I'm going to right now. If you could meet the 25-year-old you, what advice would you give yourself? All right, so we got to level set this. 25 years old, I was in the midst of just like getting like my fitness center like rolling. I was excited. I was amped up. The, fit, the, uh, the nutrition store was over. That was done, and I was just like getting excited, right? And this was like my time. When I was 25 years old, I was so excited because I was finally getting ready to realize my, my passion and my, my dreams and everything I've worked for since the age of 12 years old. I was finally going to do it. What I would do, if I could, is go back and tell the cockeyed, optimistic, 25-year-old little alpha, you know what, buddy? You're going to do this, but don't... I, man, that's a great question. What would I tell myself? I tell myself that this is going to be hard. Buckle up. <laughs> Honestly, I would tell myself to buckle up because this ride is going to be fast. This ride is going to be traumatic. You're going to have some superior, or superior, that's not even the right word. You're going to have some real lows. And you're also going to have some incredible highs. But you just got to trust in the process. Don't, you can't force anything that's not supposed to be. And I would probably, actually, you know, trying to go back and change things or tell myself when, when I was 25 years old, you know, that, that you got to do this or you should try this or it's going to happen and then you got to just do this. You know, I think that for me anyway, the type of person, the type of entrepreneur I am is that I've got to go through things. You know how I know not to drink and drive? Not because somebody told me not to, because I got a DUI. You know, you want to know why? Like, like, I, like I've got to learn things the hard way. And it doesn't matter how, how, how much you know, I can watch somebody else make mistakes. It typically just doesn't resonate for me unless I go through it. And so I would go back and tell myself to get ready because it is going to be hard. This journey is going to be very, very windy. And um, there's definitely not going to be a straight line to success. If you would have told the 25-year-old me that one day I would have more fulfillment more happiness, making video, talking to people on the internet, and not own a super successful chain of fitness centers, I would have punched you in the face because that was the only thing, that was the only thing I would ever consider to be a success. And now it's, it's, it's something that I'm glad I did. At the time it was right, but you've got to be willing to shift. You've got to be willing to pivot, and you've got to look for opportunities when things don't work out or go the way that you hope they will. And I guess the one lesson I would give him or, 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 or piece of advice that he wouldn't take because 25-year-old Alpha was a bonehead, kind of like the 40-year-old the Alpha, 
Um, I would say that sometimes success doesn't look like what you, ex what you expect it to. And just be aware that sometimes opportunities are going to present themselves and you've got to be curious enough to, to try different things. And if it's not working, you've got to move on. Don't go too far down the rabbit hole if the signs are pointing that you should honestly move on and, and do something else. But, uh, but he wouldn't have listened because I was, I was a bonehead when I was 25. But that is an incredible question and, uh, and, one, that I, and that one that I absolutely love. Our next question comes from Barat. Barat, he says, what is your biggest insecurity? You want to know what my biggest insecurity is? I'll tell you. And I don't talk about this often because obviously I'm insecure about it, right? I'm a, I'm a short dude, right? I'm five foot six and a half. The half inch is very important for us short dudes. That has never been an insecurity of mine, ever. And, um, you know, a lot of people that are short, I see a lot of short men that, that really focus on the fact that, that they're short and they almost treat their, their height as almost like a handicap when it's just something that I've always sort of just been like, okay, yeah, I'm short. You know, my family is short. You know, none of my friends growing up were like super like tall, but my sports that I was interested in and that I was successful in, like wrestling and pole vaulted, they, they lent itself to being short. Now, I used to love football, but in the 10th grade, I realized, yo, everybody else is getting taller except little old me. And so I ended up leaving um, football, which I, which I loved back then. And, and uh, instead of playing that sport, I went to the weight room and really focused on my physique and my body. Also, bodybuilding, another thing that sort of lends itself to being short. I've excelled at bodybuilding because I was short. I was symmetrical. Um, my biggest insecurity is the fact that I don't read. Um, not that I can't read, <laughs> but that I don't actively read. And it's something that goes way back. You know how like things in your childhood like really F you up and then like later on you realize, oh, that's why I'm so screwed up now. Well, reading is one of those things. When I was in kindergarten, my mother sent me, she was kind of like a hippie, right? And she sent me to this, this, this school. It was a Quaker school and it was super progressive, right? I got to call my teachers by their first names, like in kindergarten. You know, they taught us Spanish in first grade and in like third grade, you got to go on like a field trip to like Mexico. Like, like super progressive and just like granola crunchy. Well, one of the things that they did in kindergarten, they taught you how to spell based on this very archaic form of phonics called ITA. And my school was literally the last school in the country that taught spelling to kindergartens through this form of phonics. So from a very young age, from kindergarten, well, kindergarten, I started to spell, or they taught me how to spell phonetically. And so I would sound things out. And, you know, so if the letter was silent, it wasn't there. And, um, and so that was something that, for most kids, it's fine, right? You switch over in first grade, and you have an okay time dealing with it. Well, for that like 0.001% of people, they struggle and they're not able to, 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 to spell. It's very challenging for them. And so I was part of that percentage that, that really struggled switching over to the real way to spell. And so spelling is not something I've ever really been interested in doing. It scared me. Grammar, I'm terrible with. And reading was one of those things where it, it, it scared me. And so it prevented me from actively reading as a hobby or really like loving to pick up a book and read. And that has progressed throughout my entire life. To this day, I can't even tell you the last book I've read. I don't like sitting there and reading. Now, 
This doesn't mean that I don't consume content. This doesn't mean that I'm not educated or I, that I don't love learning. But in terms of me sitting down and reading a book and learning from their, you know, whatever wisdom or whatever it may be, it's not something that I, that I, that I do. And in the world of sort of, um, you know, entrepreneurial betterment help sort of world and the manosphere sort of community that we operate or that, that I sort of operate in, everybody talks all the time about books. Everybody, it seems like, is a voracious reader except me. And so when I would be interviewed on like podcasts or things of that nature and people would ask me, they always would ask, you know, what's your favorite book or what book would you recommend other people read? Like it's a big deal and a thing. And I was so insecure of the fact that I actually don't read and I don't enjoy reading that I would always lie about it and make up a book. And the book that I would always sort of fall back on is um, by Simon Sinek that says, uh, the book title is Start With Why. And the reason why I would, I would say that one is because I watched the TED Talk that was Start With Why. And so I could talk about it a little bit and it was, it was sort of like my de facto sort of escape hatch for that question. But it finally sort of clicked in my head one day that I'm like, you know, this is not necessarily, reading isn't something that everybody's gonna love, which is fine. Why am I so insecure that I'm gonna lie about it? Why not just own it? And, um, and I gotta be honest, ever since I sort of like own the fact that I don't read, I've gotten more comfortable with it. I don't like to read. Some people don't like to read and it's okay. Um, I don't feel like I am ignorant. I don't feel like I'm uneducated. I feel like my, my vocabulary is, is, is good, um, but I'm still not good at spelling and I'm still not good at grammar. That's the beautiful thing about computers, honestly. And one of the best things for me was that now I can use like spell check and grammar check and all that. And, and it's been a, a godsend for me because for somebody who is not very good at that, it's, it's I, like, and here's another secret. I'll tell you something else. I used to feel insecure when I would send emails to people. This is really before like, like, like it got so like good in terms of you know, like Word document emails and, and grammar and spell check. It, it was so bad that I would leave, my emails would be like one word or two words or a sentence because I didn't want people to realize that I was so bad at grammar and spelling and things of that nature. And so my emails were like super short and I was always super insecure about that. And so I guess my biggest insecurity is that I, I worry that people think I'm stupid because I, I don't read a lot or at all other than the internet <laughs> and, um, and I'm not good at spelling and grammar. So great question, but that's it. I'd like to take a quick little intermission and pimp out my badass sunglasses, enemy shades. Gentlemen, there is no better accessory on the market, period, that you can rock than a great pair of sunglasses. Honestly, in my opinion, sunglasses make every single person look a little bit more like a badass. They're just also super cool, make you look dark, mysterious, and sexy. And if you are looking to buy a super high quality pair of sunglasses at a ridiculous price, guys, under $95, you gotta go to enemy.com and check out what we got going on. Our quality is ridiculous. I was sick and tired of spending $300, $400, $500 on a pair of sunglasses that I would lose, that I would break, when the reality is that they've just got like super fat markups. And so I decided to see if I could create a sunglass that met my super high standards, also my incredible, impeccable taste 
when it comes to style. And gentlemen, we crushed it. Go to enemy.com, check out, see what we got going on, guys. We've got three styles, enemy ones, enemy twos, enemy threes. I'm sure you're going to find something that you absolutely love. Enemies are amazing. Enemy.com. Get yourself a sexy pair of shades. Next question comes from our friend Dragos. I love that name, Dragos. Great name, brother. What is it like... Uh, what is it like to be you off camera? That's a really interesting question. I'm pretty boring. <laughs> I gotta be honest. Um, I work a lot. You know, off camera, when I'm not filming a video, I am head down working. I've got, you know, a few businesses that, that take a lot of my time. And when I'm not, you know, in the midst of, of putting out fires and dealing with things in terms of my business and creating things for the various companies, a lot of times I'm just kind of unwinding, I'm exercising. I love exercising. I mean, that's one of my, my, my passions, something that I got started, you know, very young, exercising, and, and it stuck with me. I honestly attribute exercise and fitness to the reason why I'm so well-adjusted and, and sane, given the fact that I did have a kind of a, a rocky childhood um, with two abusive stepfathers and and um, I, I really had a tough time and struggled standing up for myself for a very long time, up until the age of like, I would say 25, six, seven, somewhere in that neighborhood. Um, I had to go to therapy to learn how to basically deal with confrontation and, and realize that it's okay to say no to people. Um, because for the longest time, I had the inability to say no. And once I found my voice, once I was able to actually say no, to people and, and take care of myself because honestly that's what you're doing. That's when everything in my life changed and everything got better. But I attribute fitness to being the reason why I am able or I was able to weather the storm and the reason why I'm, I'm well adjusted and, and as confident as I am today. Um, also failing. I think failing is underrated, right? I think, I think, I think failing gets a bad rap, right? A lot of people are scared to fail. A lot of people think failure is like this bad word. For me, what I've realized is that it's part of my evolution. I could never move forward in anything that I'm doing if I didn't have failures throughout the journey. And I really feel like it's the failures, that's where I learn the most. It's not the successes, it's failing, it's effing things up, it's jacking up you know, things and not knowing where to turn next. This is what really builds character and strength of character. And so and I know that that's, this is totally off subject and off topic, but I really do feel like off camera, I'm just a, a hardworking guy. Um, that's one of my superpowers. And I'm not saying that I'm, I'm proud of the fact that I work a lot, uh, but I am proud of the fact that, that I can stay focused. And even when the job isn't exciting, even when you're not getting the recognition and tons of views on YouTube or making a bunch of, a bunch of money, I'm still able to stay focused and motivated because I've got a vision of something bigger and better in the future. And, um, and so, for me off camera, I'm, I'm working. I am, I'm a happy guy. I know that was kind of a weird way to say that I work <laughs> when I'm off camera, uh, but I, I, I like to think that if you ever meet me in person, the person that you see right here is the same person you're going to meet um, in person. Um, I was, and, and this is another sort of off topic sort of tangent, but I'll just tell you real quick. YouTube has made me be a better person. It's not that I was a bad person before. It wasn't that I was like, like a horrible person and like loosening bolts on like old ladies' wheelchairs and like rolling them down the hill or like, or like clubbing like baby seals. It's not that I was a bad person, but YouTube has created a person that is, 
I've created, YouTube has made me be a better person. And the reason for that is that I never want to be the person, like you see a lot of these celebrities, um, you know, that, that on, on film or on camera, you see them and you're like, oh wow, they'd be such a great guy, cool guy to have a beer with or hang out with. And then if you meet them or you hear about them in real life, they're jackasses and they're not like their on-screen on persona. And so for me, it was always about not wanting to let you down as, 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 a, as a viewer, as a friend, as a family member, you know, and I really look at you that way. I look at you as my friend. Um, and so I don't ever want to be the person that comes across or says or does one thing on camera. And then the reality is I do something or act a certain way when, when, I'm, when I'm off camera. And so I try to be the same person. What you see is what you get. And YouTube has created a person that, that is better than I used to be because I don't want to disappoint you. And so that's the honest, honest answer to, uh, to that situation. All right, we got another question, another personal question that I love. And, and this is the point of this. This is why I'm really excited about this podcast and answering your questions because it connects us on a different level. You know, I love YouTube and don't get me wrong. It's been amazing. It's afforded me a lot of opportunities and I, and I, you know, I feel like I am the luckiest guy in the world, but there's a, there's a, there's a level of, of, impersonability, I don't even know if that's a word, but, 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 but being able to connect and answer questions and, and just be a little bit less like dramatic and, um, and just honest and, and chilled, I think is, is something that I love. And that's why I'm really excited about, about this, this, this channel and this, uh, this podcast. All right, so the next question comes from our friend, Torno, or Torreno, ah, oh, man, I don't know. I'm gonna spell it. T-A-U-R-E-A-N, Tarone, Tarine, I'm, I'm bad at this, I'm sorry. All right, so here we go. How do you define happiness and are you happy? This is something that I have questioned in the past. What does happiness mean? I think happiness is going to depend on you. And for me, what I have realized over the course of the past few years is that for me, happiness looks like helping other people. I didn't realize that that's always what it was. I thought that happiness for me was going to be owning a chain of nutrition stores or fitness centers, or I, I thought that I needed to have like these, 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 these entities in order to be happy and fulfilled. And what I've come to realize is that success and happiness for me now, it was all kind of like baked into my old like ideals and what I was looking to do, but it really revolves around helping people. And so for me, happiness is helping people. And so um, I have been in a really beautiful position for the past 12 years to be able to help and affect a lot of people. And I take this job, I take talking and communicating and having an audience tremendously serious. And I feel like it's, it's, it's a very important job that I have. And I have the ability to be a positive voice in a world that's gone a little bit crazy. And so for that, I'm excited about and, and I'm incredibly happy. And so for me, you know, I am, I'm a very happy individual. Doesn't mean I don't have bad days, um, but, but as a whole, I would say that I am, I am definitely, I'm definitely happy, the happiest I've ever been. But, you know, it's not always easy. And so that's, um, that's something that you have to understand. Things might be great and might look amazing from the outside looking in, but it doesn't mean that everybody is, is, is having amazing days. You gotta, you gotta realize that, that hard days happen even if you're happy. And that brings us to another question from our friend Jed. Jed, thanks for, thanks for hanging out with us. 
He says, how do you stay motivated um, on dark days? And this is something that we're all going to face, right? We are all going to face those dark times. Um, and I think that right now with everything that's going on with this whole like quarantine thing and this virus, I think that days could potentially get dark for a lot of people. And so for me, it's about not allowing my mind to sort of wander and, and go down the darkness rabbit hole. Um, I have had really dark days in the past. You know, when my, when my business was failing, that was dark. My bankruptcy was dark. Um, you know, being scared, even when this, this whole like quarantine thing that we're dealing with got going, like thinking about sort of the, the potential loss of business, the potential, potential to have to lay off some of my, my team members and my staff members. You know, these are really dark, scary things. And what I have found is that for me, sticking to my routine and not allowing myself to really dwell and go down this rabbit hole of darkness and negative, excuse me, negativity has been incredibly important for me to maintain my sanity. And I look back and it's sort of a pattern that I have. Like when bad things happen, right? They are gonna happen to all of us. Like get over it, like you're gonna fail, like get over it, that's just the way that it is. Take it off the table. But it's how long you dwell on those negative aspects. How long do you stay down before you're like, all right, well that happened, that sucks. Let's pick myself up, dust myself off and get back in the race and try again. You know, for me, it's always been about five minutes, right? I'll be bummed out, I'll be disappointed, I'll be, oh, woe is me, what am I gonna do? I don't know, it lasts for about five minutes. Now, I'm not really talking about literally five minutes. Sometimes it might be a day, it might be two days, but really, it's about refocusing my energy and, and realizing that, okay, in order for me to change this, I've gotta change it. I think too often we rely on external things to motivate us, right? We look to other people, it's like, okay, well, what are we going to get in order to get over this? Or how are we going to get over this? And we look for external motivators, when the truth is that it's gotta be an intrinsically motivating factor that's going to propel you out of this darkness. And for me, it's about not dwelling, and, and with this, this current situation that we're dealing with, it's about not listening to the news. Like, I know things are bad, like, I don't need to hear it all day, every day, like, I get it, right? It's not gonna help me, it's not gonna help other people to constantly be reminded of that. So if you are around somebody who is negative, who is dark, who is always telling you that you can't or you shouldn't, or is toxic to you, you need to get away from them because this toxic energy and that little negative voice can do incredible, incredibly bad things to you and stunt your growth and stunt your ability to actually move forward. The other thing for me is routine. I am a very structured and regimented person. The reason why I can get so much done in a 24 hour period is because I, I plan my day. And when I'm dark, when things are bad, it's about getting back to the basics. It's about getting into the routine and executing. All right, not allowing my mind to wander, not going through the day and sort of just hopelessly like, I don't know what I'm gonna do, uh-uh. I'm the type of person that if I have a plan, I need to see it, I need to plan it, and then I need to go step by step and actually execute. Um, the other thing is exercise. Exercise helps me emotionally and mentally deal with things. There's a guy um, that a lot of you guys are familiar with, David Goggins. He was an ex-Navy, I, I believe he was a SEAL, or I believe he was a SEAL, anyway, he talks about how exercise calluses the mind, right? Just like your hands develop calluses when you lift weights, right? It builds up a toughness. At first, when you pick up a barbell or a dumbbell, it's like, ow, ow, it hurts, oh my God, right? Exactly. Well, then after a few months and weeks and years, your hands get tough. 
Exercise does the same thing to your brain. It allows you to very, not easily, but allows you to weather storms. It allows you to build mental toughness in a way that I've never experienced anything before. And so for me, it's about exercise in, in order to stay focused and, and stay you know, sort of moving in the right direction. But great question. We're all gonna have dark days, but it's the people that get themselves out of it faster and don't dwell in the negativity that are going to ultimately, I think, um, be, be the most successful. Um, the last question I wanna get to you guys is, um, is from our friend Hayden. Hayden has a great question that I am still struggling with. I think we all struggle with this from time to time. He says, how can I stop comparing myself to others, especially with financial and material goods? Brother, this is an amazing question. And I think that all of us, all of us struggle with this. I have not figured out yet how to completely like stop, you know, comparing myself to other people from a, from a professional standpoint, from a personal standpoint. It's hard. For me, what has helped me, and this is all I can offer you guys, what has truly helped me deal and manage with the, with the constant like comparing myself to other people is, is limiting my, my social media exposure. This includes Instagram, this includes Facebook, this also includes like YouTube, right? I need to limit my exposure because if I don't, I'm gonna see all these people that are very excited to show me and you and all of us all of their incredible things, all of their worldly possessions and how amazing their life is. Well, the truth is, is that they're having crappy days just like you and I, but we don't see that. Most people do not post those, those times and those situations. Um, actually, 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 I was wrong. I'm lying about something. I saw another question that sort of ties into this that I think I'm gonna get to. And uh, where is it? I'm, hold on, wait for it, wait for it. Okay, here it is, from Alex. This ties perfectly in there. Alex, sorry, almost missed you. Does showing emotion make guys look weak or does it make them look more alpha to the ladies? I'm gonna answer this question. There are actually two questions in this one. Number one, do I think showing emotion makes you look weak? I am, if, if you guys have followed me on, on my YouTube channel, you know that I am comfortable being vulnerable and actually showing emotion. Now, I do that for a few reasons. Number one, I am an emotional person. Not like overly, like I don't cry like all the time or anything like that, but I am aware of the fact that I have emotions and it's okay. If something is upsetting, it's okay to acknowledge the fact that something is bothering you. And showing emotions, I feel, is something that as men, I think, I think we need to do it more. Um, not like all the time. I think there's a, a fine line. What that line is, I'm not sure because there, there is the risk of if you're somebody who is overly emotional, overly like freaking out and crying and being vulnerable and just like being like super sappy all the time, I think you can not be taken seriously. I think you've got to really pick and choose the times at which you show emotion. But is showing emotion, does it make you less of a man? I personally would say no. I think it makes you more of a man because men, in my opinion, in today's world, need a different skill set in terms of, of being real men. They need the ability to acknowledge when things are not going good for them or they're dealing with something and they're struggling and they need to ask for help. Like I think you know, reaching out for help when you're having a tough time is one of the most masculine and manly things you can possibly do. It was definitely something that I did when I was struggling with not being able to stand up for myself when I was younger. And so 
you know, I think it's, it's foolish to think that you just taking it, owning it, and just like dealing with it and trying to deal with it yourself, I think that is a recipe for emotional disaster. And I think that a lot of people struggle because our society hasn't necessarily shown or told us as men that it's okay um, to, to, to not be okay. And when that happens, it, it's important to actually ask for help. And so I think that showing emotion is something that is incredibly alpha. Now, in terms of, you know, for the ladies, I, I don't know. I think there is a, a fine line between, you know, showing vulnerability, showing that you're an emotional man and, and being an emotional guy. I think that there is a tendency if you're overly emotional or overly dramatic or you're always getting like your feelings hurt and stuff like that, I think that is a little bit of a turnoff because I think there's, there's, once again, there's a fine line between being comfortable with emotion and being overly emotional. And so figuring out the balance, that, that's the tough thing. Um, but, but it's something that I think we all should try and strive to do. And that, I think, is where I'm going to wrap things up. Guys, your question's ridiculous. Did you enjoy it? Did you like it? Do you want more? Is this a good format? Is it a good format to sprinkle in with other formats? Like I said, guys, I am just so incredibly excited that I get to be hanging out with you guys on a more personal level. Thank you so much for being a part of the Alpha M podcast, the first official Ask Alpha episode. Guys, you are amazing. Remember, I love you. I think you're incredible. If you dug this, guys, make sure to drop a review. It helps me help you help me help you. Guys, you're amazing. And if you're looking for cool-ass shades, you got to check out enemy.com. Come on, I got I to gotta figure out a way to monetize this bad boy. I'm kidding. Not kidding. You, though, are amazing. Guys, thanks for watching, listening, wherever you are. Take care. Stay safe. I love you. Gentlemen, thank you for listening to this episode. As always, I appreciate your support. Once again, if you found this episode or any of the content I've put out in the past helpful, please leave a rating and review on the platform you're listening to this on. Once again, every week, we're going to read out and feature a few of my personal favorite reviews. And if you're looking to upgrade your sunglass game, don't forget to check out enemy.com. Honestly, the quality of these glasses for the price is insane. Just read the reviews. Gentlemen, stay awesome.